Welcome to episode number 35 of the Runners of Hue podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Odie, and I am so happy to be back with new episodes after that little break. It was definitely needed, but I'm very excited to be talking to and interviewing runners again. Today's guest is Julie Wynn. Fresh off an over 30-minute PR at the Berlin Marathon, Julie first got into running a little under 10 years ago. Her freak accident messed up her knee. She had to run on a treadmill for rehab, and after initially hating it, Julie found a couch to 5K program, signed up for a race, and never looked back. She says her first race, the Houston Turkey Trot, was the gateway drug to running for her. She's now an officer in the Sugarland Running Club. She's done 10 plus marathons, enjoys traveling to races, and loves the Lululemon Seawees Half Marathon in Vancouver, and hopes to one day run all the world marathon majors. But she also always planned to run her hometown race, the Houston Marathon. I really enjoyed getting to hear Julie's story, and I hope you all enjoy it too. Hey, Julie, thank you so much for being here with me today. Why don't we jump right in? Please tell everybody who you are, what you do, and where in the Houston area you live. Uh, my name is Hi Vicky. It's so nice to talk to you, and thank you for having me on. Uh, my name is Julie Wynn, and I am a nursing instructor um, in nursing extramurals at MD Anderson Cancer Center. Um, and I live in Pearland. I uh, run in Sugarland. I, I pretty much run any, anywhere, but and I, I work in Houston. And so. Where did you grow up? Were you originally from Texas, or did you move here later? No, I actually was. Uh, I'm born in uh, Vietnam, Saigon. So I came here to the U.S. when uh, after the fall of Saigon in 1975. So came here as a refugee um, to the states. Um, my mom, after my after the war, my dad was still. He, he was in the Air Force and he was still at the war, in war. And my mother uh, took my brother and I, I was three at the time, my brother was four, and brought us over to the American Embassy with papers saying that my dad was in the military and to bring us over to America because we were considered rebels. And um, if they found out that my dad was in military that we would have been killed. And so we, from the American embassy, we got on the helicopter. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Miss Saigon, but it's very much like that. Okay. So we got on the helicopter and went to, on a ship and then went to Guam and then from Guam to the U.S. So, I mean, if you were three, do you remember any of that? I don't, only that I remember my brother losing his sandals because we couldn't take anything, we couldn't pack. It was like very much rush. Mm-hmm. And I remember my my mother was carrying both of us, and my brother lost his sandals, and he was just freaking out about it. That's all I remember. Um, but um, that's that's all I remember from Vietnam. Okay. Well, so when you moved to the states, did you come? Did your family come straight to Houston, or did you? Where did you start? No, we actually, um, we got registered um, in Guam and we were sent to a refugee camp. Um, I lived in Fort Chaffee, which is in um, Arkansas. It's near Fort Smith. Okay. I lived there for uh, about a year. We lived in an army barrack. And um, all I remember about it was the soap. They gave us like dial soap. And so we used soap to like wash our hair. Oh. That was shampoo. And we, yeah. And so every time I smell dial soap now, it reminds me of that uh, in the camp. And I remember eating MREs and living in the barracks. There was like the ground is just dirt ground. Yeah. Well, and so then, I mean, so once you left there, what, what was your next step when you left the camp? Um, so after I left, um, so Fort Chaffee, that was in the 70s, and I lived in Fort Smith um, for a while. And during that time, my mother, like we got, we, our family was sponsored by a family in Fort Smith, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Mooney, who were 
Portsmouth Socialites. And um, they um, helped my mother get her, um, I guess, to into school to learn technical, mm-hmm. kind of a technical school, uh, drafting and learning English. And so from then, during that time, Houston was booming. And so lots of job opportunities. So we moved, our family moved to um, Houston in the early 80s. And we lived in um, Allen Parkway Village. I don't know if you know did you grow up here in Houston? I didn't. I moved here about 10 years ago. Okay. So everybody where it like runs around in Buffalo Bayou, but that's like, that was my backyard. I lived in the projects in Fourth Ward. And that's, I grew up there. I lived there for several years. I remember roller skating in the projects in, in Allen Parkway Village. Okay. Well, so when you were little and once you finally moved to Houston, like when you were in school, did you play sports or like when did running come into your life? Oh, oh yeah. So my parents, so my, my father finally came over after the war. He was um, put into a re-education camp um, and then we were able to find him later. But my parents have always like stressed academics. Mm-hmm. They were not really big on like us trying to, you know, play sports or anything recreational. It was always like study. And mm-hmm. they reminded us like every day that we are here in America and it's land of opportunity. And how you're going to get to where, you know, successful is through, you know, education. So they really pushed on that. And so weekends were always like, let's go to the library, <laughs> you know. So I didn't know, I, I, was, I didn't grow up around sports at all. That was never, I guess, um, something that my parents really supported. Mm-hmm. So then what did, so how old were you then when you first started running and what led you to that? How did you get into it if it had never, if sports had never been part of your life? Yeah, uh, so it was kind of a fluke that it happened. So I, much, much later in life, like, I've done, you know, some um, tennis and things like that. I was never really, I, I didn't really consider myself sporty or athletic in any way. But um, so I, in the, when I was, I guess it was much later in my early 40s, my son at the time, he was two and he was playing on my lap and I had my legs stretched out on an ottoman. This was, I think, in 20, 2012. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, he, he I had my he, had, he was all sitting on my lap and he was playing and I had my legs stretched out and somehow he jumped on my knee, my right knee and hyperextended it. Yeah. And so that happened like it was on New Year's Day and um, the doctor's offices were closed. And um, the next morning I woke up and my leg, my knee had swollen up like the size of a grapefruit. Yeah, it was, I couldn't bend it. It was, I was having so much pain. And I spoke to, I talked to a friend who worked, happened to work at Texas Orthopedic Mm -hmm. um, Hospital. And he said, don't go to the emergency, the regular emergency room, because it's going to be packed. And you're going to be, unless you're bleeding or lost a limb, you're not going to be seen for a long time. So he told me to come to the emergency room at at, um, Texas Orthopedic Hospital. So I went there. And like he said, there was nobody there. And um, they were able to um, drain fluids out of my knee, but they didn't give me any anesthesia. It was, it was like a long, it was one and a half inch needle, an 18 gauge needle. Oh my. So he said that he couldn't give anesthesia because it would kind of, you're putting up, you know, another needle into the joint. And yeah, so, and he, and he said it wouldn't help the pain anyway. That's what he was saying. So yeah, I was sure, like, buddy. whatever you do. So, so anyways, he drained out 80 cc's of fluid and it was the most painful thing. Like I would rather give birth again than to go through that. Oh, wow. I screamed. You could hear me down the hall. They had to have the nurses hold me down because just as reflex, I was like trying to hit him. Yeah, but... (laughs) But they, they drained, and so I went for an MRI, and they found out that it was a torn meniscus. And so, um, and he said that, you know, if I had surgery, it 
wasn't going to be 100% um, curative. So I opted not to do surgery and I went through about nine months of physical therapy because I had to be in a, a knee immobilizer for about three to four months. And um, I pretty much like my muscle had wasted away, it, it atrophied. And mm-hmm. so I had to like learn how to walk again. And so was it then was so was it some part of your rehab that made you want to run? Because you went from having to learn how to walk to I mean, we'll get there eventually, but you've done 10 plus marathons now. Yeah. So, so yeah. So um, in physical therapy, um, part of the rehab was to, to gain the muscle strength back was um, having to run on a treadmill. And I, I hated running. I couldn't even run for more than 10 minutes. I would be out of breath and I just hated it. So he, he tried to encourage me to run like outside and, um, and I still hated it. <laughs> and, and so then finally I, I decided, okay, I think it was because I just wasn't good at it. And I would just like have to stop and like catch my breath. And, and, um, so I, I found a, um, an app that it's couched to 5k. <laughs> so that was motivating. Cause I, I like to see the little check marks on the, um, the little calendar once you've accomplished the day. And, um, and then I decided, well, maybe if I sign up, I'm very goal oriented. Okay. So I said, maybe if I sign up for a race, I'll, I'll keep that motivation and, and be able to, um, you know, train for it. And so that's, so what was <laughs> what the led- first race you signed up for? So the first race was, um, was, um, the Turkey trot, the Houston Turkey trot. And yeah, that was there. pretty much the gateway drug to, <laughs> to all races. But um, so I signed up for that. And originally um, I was planning on signing up for the 5K. But then I said, you know, I'm going to challenge myself. And <laughs> Oh, you go to- right in. Okay. Yes. So the 10K. So I signed up for the 10K. And um, I just love the experience. Just the, the whole race experience. The swag, the post party, the people, all of that. And so I think I fell in love with racing, like going to races more. I like that more than running. <laughs> and so it, yeah, the, 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 the love for running came uh, later. I think when I got improved, but at first um, I, that, the racing was definitely uh, fun and so you you run your first 10k and you love the experience so but how did you make that jump you're like well i ran nothing and now i've run 10k so i might as well sign up for a half marathon yeah like 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 i said i was i when i ran um i like you know i just like to have fun and i stop along the way take pictures do selfies and meet other people and and so I like that experience, but I'm also very, I, I like to challenge myself. I'm very goal oriented. So after doing um, 10Ks, I felt like, I think I can do a half. <laughs> so at the time I, ser- I searched for whatever half I could find. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, I found one in Beaumont. <laughs> And it was called the Gusher Beaumont Half. I don't okay. know if you've ever heard of it. It's very small and yeah, compared to anything in Houston. But that was um, I signed up for that. And my um, my my mother likes to. My parents like to go to Lake Charles a lot. <laughs> so I happened to hitch a ride out there with them. And then like it was maybe less than an hour away. So okay. I ran. Um, that was my first half. And then. Uh, how quickly from your first half did you say, well, I can do a half. Of course I can do a full. Let me sign up for my first full marathon. Well, my, uh, oh, it, it was, let's see. I think it was 2014. No, I did the Beaumont in 2013. Mm-hmm. And then um, my first, and then I did the Aramco. Right, half. in 2014. In 2014, mm-hmm. and then the following year, I was going to be a big girl, 
<laughs> sign up for the poll. So it happened very uh, quickly. That is pretty quick. And so, okay, well, so now we talked before we started recording about how how much fun I had trying to find your results because Julie Wynn is such a uncommon name. Um, yes, so, it's the Jane Doe of Vietnamese. <laughs> <laughs> was the 2014 Nike Women's Half you? Yes. Did that you was love me. that race? My, I loved it. My cousin lives in San Francisco. She lived in San Francisco at the time and she's not a runner either and I and that's what I do is like I convince everybody that it's going to be fun <laughs> so I convinced her to run it with me we signed up and it's a lottery so it's it's uh, it's a very popular race mm-hmm. and you get a Tiffany's necklace was I love the race swags well I'm so all about the swags. my the first half marathon I ever did was Nike women's and I don't know the late 2000s. And I, I did it several times. And that, I mean, yes, it was the Tiffany. Was it still the fireman in the tuxedo at the finish line? Yes, all of that. Yeah, so much fun. Oh. Um, and I was I was sad to hear that after I did it. I think they had it like one other time. And then, then they um, stopped. And they stopped. But I also did a 15K in Toronto that was sponsored by... by um, I saw that. I think I tried to get into that one and I did not, but I was living on the East Coast when they did the half in DC and I was oh, yeah. able to do that. I mean, I know, that was on fun. my radar, but they didn't have it after the, that right. year. Yeah, they only did that the one year. Yeah. They always put on great events, but I just think it's not something they're choosing to spend their money elsewhere right now. Yeah. Maybe they'll come back. But in the meantime, Lou Lemon has kind of picked up that slack. And I see you did Suey's half. Yes. That is my favorite half. Have you done the one in, Mm. have you done it in Vancouver? No, I tried to get in a couple times and I didn't. So I I was part of the virtual one this year. And if they bring it back next year, I'm going to try and go. So, yes. I um, So Suey's in Vancouver. Um, my favorite half in that one I've done three times and I actually was supposed to do the, um, the one that the last one that got canceled. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was a lot of fun. All right. Well, so moving backwards since I started skipping ahead. So 2015 was the first, your first marathon and you did the Houston marathon. Do yes. you remember, um, what that day was like for you and how the race went? I was so nervous. So actually, I say that was my first full, but I always forget Brazos Bend was my first full. Yes. And I did Brazos Bend in 2014, um, the December. So a month before the January. Yes. (laughs) Because I was so nervous, Vicky. I was like, okay, so I I never really trained properly for a marathon and I didn't um, know anybody that really ran and um, and so I was a little nervous with the cutoff time like can I make the cutoff mm-hmm. so I decided I was going to run the uh, the Brazos bin and I had met a few people because I uh, used to go out to run with the haters um, they do that memorial loop okay. um, um, bike trail mm-hmm. and um, and so I I signed up for that because the time limit is, is much more generous on the trail. And I just wanted to see if I could make the, the six hour cutoff mm-hmm. for Houston. And of course, when I, I ran, having never really ran like any trail races or anything, I was stuck on that loop. And I actually ended up running like 27 something miles. Oh, man. I ran over because I couldn't get out of the loop. I was like, where is where's the finish line? <laughs> And so I finally found a couple that was running past me. And I said, are y'all going to the finish line? They said, yeah, come join us. So I, I, that's how I was able to finally get out of the loop. But um, I was able to do that under six hours. So then I was like, okay, I feel confident. I can, I can make it to, um, the, you know, the cutoff time for Houston. Okay. But, well, so now we're, now you're at Houston. Yes. So were, did you expect, I mean, you'd done, um, at that point, well, I guess you'd already been to Nike and you've done a Ramco. So you knew how big the event itself was. Yes. But what was, I, so what was the day like for you? 
I was excited, but also very nervous. And I ran it by myself. Like I said, I didn't know anybody. Um, I had a friend who came out, um, you know, to support me and like take pictures and stuff, but just running it, um, I ran um, by myself, trained by myself. And I took pictures along the way, pet all the dogs, you know, punched all the power posters, <laughs> all of that. But I still made the cutoff and I was so excited to finish. I was really happy uh, with that race. because it was. You know. So was there a point then after your first two marathons, because you did Brazos and Houston, where you said, okay, maybe I should actually look into what a training plan would look like? Yes, that's what happened next. <laughs> so, so when I... I for 2015, I did do the mileage. I went okay. all, all the way up to 20-something, mm-hmm. and I did a, I, I did a drop-in. So I kind of trained by myself. I had found a, you know, a, a training plan, which is totally not the way to do it, right? But I, I was doing the runs, and, um, and I would do the drop-ins with a local group in Houston um, on Saturdays who ran um, part of the, the marathon route. Mm-hmm but I never really had um, training. So at that time I decided I'm going to look for, um, for the next year, I'm going to try and, and look to, to connect with the, a running group. So I live in Pearland, but the uh, a running group in uh, Fort Bend, I actually was actually closer to me because I live on the West side of Pearland. So it was actually closer, but I um, um, hooked up with them and I um, started running with them. And I met most of my really good friends now who I run with my run family, um, from there. So that's how it all got started. And so, I mean, you did a full training plan now. Like, did, do you feel like it helped? Do you? Oh yes. I mean, I learned uh, like about hydration, which I had hydration, nutrition, all of that. I had no clue anything like everything that I was doing the first year was totally wrong. <laughs> and so I, I learned a lot. And, and from there, I, I met running friends who had been running for many, many years. So I learned a lot from them. And I uh, met um, uh, one of my running mentors uh, from there. He, I affectionately call him uh, coach but he's really not like an official coach. He's just a coach of me. <laughs> and so he, yeah. So from then um, he's pretty much looked at my um, Garmin data and was like, okay, this is what you're doing wrong. And, and kind of helped me along, but that didn't start until just like the last year and a half. So the whole time I really was never like just running uh, marathons. I really never, set a goal time for myself only just to finish okay um because i i just like like i said i enjoyed the 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 race going to the race i didn't enjoy so much the training (laughs) for it (laughs) but um just having fun i took pictures along the way i always took pictures along the way videos and you know um just enjoying being there in the in the race so after you did houston twice and then in 2016 you decided to take on austin yeah did you look at the elevation profile before you decided to <laughs> I run knew, I, and i lived in austin for a little bit so i know like yeah i knew it was going to be challenging but like i say i just i like the challenge and um so yeah i did austin and uh that was really fun they, that's a pretty course it's uh, and like it doesn't have an, as much support as uh, like cheering wise yeah. the crowd support is not like houston right but. i've only ever done the half in austin and while there is the crowd support is decent where it is it is not as expansive as i think most people houston. sign up for the austin half oh There's for sure a very small amount that are um dumb enough i'm <laughs> just getting crazy well, i was gonna say crazy <laughs> i was gonna say crazy <laughs> Um, but now, so we, we've already talked about my research for this. So was it you in 2016 who ran New York city? Yes. Yes. So the year before I happened to be in New York when, uh, when the marathon was happening Mm -hmm. 
And I saw the, just, I watched it and I cried because the, the, where I saw it, where I was watching from was right at near central park. And it was around the time, uh, I guess the three hour, four hour cutoff. So people mm-hmm. are trying to BQ and that watching that, I was just crying because you could see how, um, how much they, how much the runners wanted it. And so it was just amazing to me. And so that was like, for sure, I have to go to, to run New York. That, that was, yeah, after that, after seeing that. And so uh, what was your experience like in New York? <laughs> so I have to tell you a funny story. Uh-oh. Anyway, so in New York, um, okay, so I have a crown that's my back right molar, to, uh, and um, it broke from eating a Mexican candy that was supposed to be decorative. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, no. They're like almond candy covered. Yeah. So a friend of mine brought that. We It was for work. It was work-related. We were supposed to – it was like international work day. Okay. And we were supposed to select a country and, like, present it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so on international day, um, there was Mexican candy. It was labeled candy. So – of course, I was like curious. Okay, so yes, um, so it's labeled Mexican candy. So I um, I didn't know, but it's only made for decorative purposes. And I popped one in my mouth. I started chewing on it, and I broke my molar in the back. So I had I had to get a, a partial crown put in. So this all happened. Okay, so in New York, at mile three. My partial molar, as I was chewing on a honey stinger uh, gummy, yeah, it, it came off. So my the nerve, my root nerve, was exposed. Oh so no! Just, it was horrible. So this is at mile three, and and just breathing the cold air, it was it was so painful. The whole right side of my mouth was throbbing, and every time, like I would take some water. It was painful. So, yeah. So, <laughs> but that was, I still had a really fun experience, though, in New York. So, so the race ends. I mean, do you immediately go find an emergency dentist? No. So I took the, t- <laughs> I took the crown and I put it in my pocket. It was wrapped in, like, gummy. <laughs> but no, not until I came back. And I was so embarrassed. Like, I, I met up with friends and I was, like, embarrassed and it was hurting. I didn't want to tell anybody. But when I got back home, then I called my, my dentist and, and, um, and he was able to fix it. But that's not the end of the crown story. Oh, God. <laughs> because it fell out again in Marine Corps. No. <laughs> we get there, but yeah. It, but it, I had a really, I don't want to take away from New York because I had a really good experience uh, in New York. But that was definitely memorable. I bet. I mean, okay, well, so Marine Corps was part of my next question. So it looks like, do you choose once a year, like a marathon or a half marathon that you want to travel to? Is that kind of yes. how you do it? Yeah. So, um, so for those, those years, so usually I run two to three marathons a mm-hmm. year. That's why my, uh, I haven't been, a, I haven't, I don't even consider myself, I'm not a serious runner. I'm like, why did you pick me? <laughs> Because you just ran Berlin, and we'll get there eventually. Okay, but uh, yeah, so I um, I like to do I like to travel, and when I travel, like anybody that's traveled with me knows that I don't rest. I'm like (laughs) sightseeing. Yes, I'm an active. I like to. I'm I'm efficient. I like to squeeze everything that I want to do all rolled up so usually it's uh, so the races I usually pick uh, places that I want to see and so you know running and sightseeing that's just that's my thing and I love I love hiking too and um so I I usually pick a I do a spring a fall and then of course um Houston ever since I've started doing marathon um marathons uh, Houston is always on my list okay well so so Marine Corps, well, you already mentioned, you're already, you're, you're, there's already a short spoiler. What happened with your tooth? But also, how was the race? Uh, in uh, Marine Corps? Yeah. 
Yeah, that, so Marine Corps was 2018, mm-hmm. and uh, it was absolutely wonderful. You go through all the monuments, and um, there's so much crowd support, and then the Marines. I mean, that's <laughs> you just go there for the Marines. But um, but even before Marine Corps, I did. I don't know if you were able to. Find I was going to say. I just realized I skipped Chicago. Yeah, did I skip something and, else? And Paris. <gasps> no, I did not know about Paris. Yes, that was my first international race. All right, let's talk about Paris. Yes, have you been to Paris? No. It's beautiful. I was supposed yeah. to go for like Christmas one year, and then yeah, that and guy I, and I broke up. I love. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I love to shop, so Paris is. I yeah, I love Paris and um, running and. Uh, you, of course, you see the Eiffel Tower mm-hmm. and all the, the landmarks and everything. But it happened to be hot that that year. Okay. Yeah, they had to turn on the 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 fire, the hydrants, and Ooh. like spray us. Yeah, because it was so hot. Well, but, so did you think it was hot, or did Paris think it was hot? Cause... Paris thought it was hot. Okay. Like it's not hot, considering like in Houston, though. Right. But and then yeah, it was. But in Paris, um, what was that? So, um, so in Paris, what I, one of the things I learned, um, that was my first international race, and I went there with another friend who was running it with me, and then two other friends who were just there to support and go shopping. So, but what I learned was that you don't, so I flew in Friday, uh, Friday and it's a, it's a long trip, mm-hmm. and so I didn't give myself enough time uh. to get the jet lag and adjust to the time, and then I uh, went, spent the day at the next day at the expo and I was really tired but and then Sunday was the race but it, it was a, it was a great I had a great experience it was fun <laughs> so did you but, pick Paris just because it was Paris or was there a specific reason you wanted that to be your first international race no just because it was Paris <laughs> yeah I and, mean uh, I think that's Parisians a don't care about a marathon though they don't they like during the race, people were just doing doing their own thing and just walking across the course. Oh, yeah, they're not. I don't know if it's a, a, like a French thing or you know Parisian thing, but yeah, they're just doing. They're like, what's what's with all the running? And they just who are you people? Get out of my way! <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I also skipped over Chicago. Yes. So. So how was what? How did you get there? What what made you decide Chicago? Do you think, so, mm-hmm. based on some of the races you've done, are you trying to hit all the world marathon majors? Well, that's kind of after I did Chicago was kind of what I thought. Would I have a list of like I guess bucket list mm-hmm. races that I want to do? Of course, the big ones, the Abbott majors, but um, I um, was. Chicago was on my radar because of the food. Okay. It's there's, it's Chicago's known for all of their culinary, and so I I'm a foodie, and so I was like, oh, let's go there and then eat all the food. But um, I we went there, and there was actually a big group of us that that traveled there together to to run. So that was a lot of fun. I'm jealous of now. I'm jumping all the way up to 2019, and you did two races in california that year the napa valley half and big sur yes so the napa valley half that was their inaugural um okay race yeah and so we went there with a group of girls and of course lots of wine and it was so much fun and i actually am supposed to run the next one but of course it got canceled Mm -hmm. And um, so we're just waiting. It's usually in March, so it's beautiful. And then, um, yeah, with all, and you run through the vineyards. It's it's very, it's a must do. <laughs> Are you? Do you like wine? Uh, who doesn't like wine? <laughs> okay. Then you run, then this I is do. Fun. Yeah, I would love to run that one day. I've never actually been to Napa. And it's definitely on my list. Oh, okay. Um, so you started your your marathon journey in 2014 and we get up to 2020 Houston and you've cut an hour off your time yes what do you so, mm-hmm. 
Big Sur was actually kind of the 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 start of the um, really like okay, I'm gonna like focus on getting faster because <laughs> before then, all of the other races that we've talked about, I wasn't really that focused on on um, a specific time. Mm-hmm. But Big Sur, I was really nervous because the elevation on that is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like um, just slow incline the whole way. And I was afraid that, and it's a six hour cutoff. And I was afraid that, um, that I wouldn't make the time. So I really trained, um, for that with, with hill work. And, and this is kind of around the time when I, um, started talking to my, uh, my, my friend, um, I told you my running mentor, Mm -hmm. he's, um, he's fast, (laughs) you know, Boston and all of that. So I, that's when he started kind of looking and I asked him, I said, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm tired of like being slow. I'm, you know, I mean, I, I enjoy like being in the back of the pack and all of the racing and stuff that, um, races and all that, but I actually want to, um, commit to it, you know, and try and and improve. Mm -hmm. So he's given me like some step goals, um, to, um, kind of, uh, you know, to motivate myself and, um, and so I've been, and this is around the time when I started actually doing um, speed work, like on a track, <laughs> tempo. So now I feel like, okay, I'm starting to become a serious runner. <laughs> but I've never done, before that, I've never ran on a track. I've never done tempo work. I didn't even know any of that lingo. But how he explained, because I'm very, I'm, much a, I'm very much a science nerd. Mm-hmm. But how he explained it to me was... Um, in terms that I can understand it, like with the whole, um, the Krebs cycle, glycolysis and, you know, lactate acid, all of that. So like looking at all of my marathon times, like I went out way too fast, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just no strategy and anything, but of course I was just having fun, right. Just trying to finish. And, and, um, but, uh, but that was around, so I would say in around 2019, 2020, um, was when I really started training mm-hmm. and actually now I love training. Like if I don't run, if, if it's like a rest day, I, I go crazy. I have to like go out and run and do something, but I, I love training now. I love running. I love track work, all of that. Well, and so, I mean, you've talked a little bit about how you found your friends out in Fort Bend that you would run with, um, and I mean, we've reached everybody's favorite portion of the calendar over the last few years. So now like you do Houston and you did, you run, you did back to back because then you immediately went to Austin and ran that marathon. Um, yes. And then the country shut down, the world shut down. Yes. Uh-huh. So what, if anything, did that do to your running? What did you, what did running look like for you in COVID? Yeah. So what happened in Houston, um, for the last, the last Houston was 2019, 2019, 2020. They were able to run 2020 Houston right before. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. 2020. That was my last Houston. Um, I didn't do the virtual, but in 2020, my, um, goal was to do a sub five. Okay. Which is a big, I mean, change for me and I, cause I've never really tried to push myself or anything, but um, my my time was 504 and at the time that was my PR but what happened was my foot went numb and which I found out later I had um, a sesamoid bone oh. that I don't know if you are familiar with that that bone is the what helps hinge your big toe okay and so it had um, developed arthritis like it was breaking down and it was and I also have a bunion. <laughs> Yeah. And so it was, I guess, with all the training and and running that I had been doing, and I've always had the pain. I've always had that foot pain for years. Mm -hmm. And I always thought it was normal. (laughs) Like you're going to run and you're going to have pain. And that's just, of course, it's going to hurt. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, my doctor scolded at me because he was like, like you, I basically like put a lot of damage into the bones in my foot running that way and not getting it addressed. Mm hmm. So, um, anyway, so I, um, during that time I went ahead and ran Austin 
Mm-hmm. And, and I, I did just as well. I think it was just a few minutes slower with the hills, but right. I was still having pain. Okay. Yeah. I was still having pain. And I said, and I think like with the COVID thing, it was kind of a, I know it's kind of, you know, it shut down everything, but it was almost a blessing for me because mm-hmm. it actually, because I couldn't sign up for any more races or do any more races. I was like, I need to address this foot issue. And now is the perfect time to do it. So I, I had, I went ahead and, and, and had surgery. Mm-hmm. So they removed the, the sesamoid bone. Um, so I no longer have like that hinging. Okay. And then I had, yeah, so I have to, I had to do therapy and still like till this day, I have to exercise it because it gets a little stiff mm-hmm. and, um, and do like, you have to pick up the marbles with your toes or like a <laughs> towel with your toes. Uh-huh. Yeah. To, to keep it. Cause sometimes it does get stiff when I, when I run a lot, but, um, I went through, um, so I had that surgery in July that was in, um, the year that everything shut down. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to um, to run again after about four or five months later. Well, and I mean, talk about coming back. I mean, you fixed the problem in your foot that you said had you just assumed that was normal. You finally get it fixed. Your goal had been to run under five hours. You yeah. go and you run Berlin. Yes. Tell me what you ran Berlin in. So I ran Berlin. So my goal was to do under 4:30, okay. and I finished it at 4:28. So it was a huge PR for me. Yeah. So what was the experience like? Because so Berlin was was it was your second then international marathon, right? Yes. So did you go over earlier this time? Yes, I learned a lot from Paris. I went. I I left on Thursday this time, and I actually went with my. My, my friend, my coach, mm-hmm. um, mentor, and he also ran it too. Um, and I, um, the, the, just the race was so, it's just amazing. I had such a great time um, there and just, and, and how awesome to be there at the restarting of running like marathons, you know, together was just amazing they did cut the field in half but I didn't feel like I was missing anything Mm -hmm. and so I mean racing is back again I don't I I mean it is and I hope it stays that way so what if anything are you training for right now will you do another race before Houston or is Houston what you're looking at right now yeah I'm gonna do the Houston half in October so I'm I'm looking forward to that and then of course the the Houston um, uh, Chevron in January Um, yeah I just uh, uh, Berlin for me is like my breakthrough because I really I didn't think that I wouldn't I never in a million years would ever even think about having like dreaming about Boston, but actually it's kind of, that's, you know, eventually okay. I know it's not going to happen overnight, but I know that I, if I put in the training and put in the hard work that I can get there. Mm-hmm. And I never thought it, I never thought that before. Well, so then looking towards Houston in January, have you thought yet about what you want to run there or are you going to get through the half marathon and then maybe? Yeah, I'm um, hoping because, you know, I haven't. So it was two years before I even ran a race. So uh, I didn't even know what I was capable of, mm-hmm. honestly, because I could do the, I did the training runs and I, I had always been trying to train as like doing progressive negative splits. Mm-hmm. So even when run, when I was running Berlin, I know that I could have pushed myself harder. And it was it was a hot day. I don't know if you kind of yeah. followed it, but it was very unusually warm mm-hmm. uh, for Berlin Marathon. And I started it out in the slower corral. And just the training in Houston in the summer, I think I got acclimated to it because mm-hmm. I was fine. I felt fine. And I could see other people from the faster corral walking. Mm-hmm. Like I looked over at their bid and they're like, <laughs> they're in the faster crowd. So I knew I was doing good because I was passing them up. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember my, uh, my coach was saying, you know, if you feel good at the last 10 K, just give it all you got, push it in, you know, 
But in my mind, I said, you know, I'm going to be conservative. I'm going to stay the course Mm -hmm. and I'll push a little bit. And actually, I did like a one minute negative split (laughs) from from the first half. Mm -hmm. But just looking at my time, like I passed up from where my place was at the first half versus where I was at the second half. I had passed up over a thousand runners. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, I felt really good. But. I didn't push myself because I just wanted to stay strong to at the finish. Mm -hmm. And, and I needed that confidence that, that kind of mental edge coming into Houston. And, um, and so this was kind of that breakthrough for me, but for, for the, for Houston coming up, I think we're going to look and see how I do on the Houston half Mm -hmm. and then go from there. Cause I, I want my goals to be realistic too. Same. I am also, I'm running the Houston half in October and based on how I do in that race, will I determine, I don't know what I'm running after that yet. Yeah. But hopefully the weather will be nice. I mean, I'm, I'm tired of running in the sea. I know we had those three weeks that were like amazing. And then this past weekend again, it was like stepping out of the pool after you were done your long run. But see, I wasn't there. So I think it needs, I, I was in Berlin. Oh, that's right. <laughs> So I, I think it needs. To, they need to redo it because now I'm I'm here in Houston. Absolutely no. Well, and I mean, I don't want to say all the time. I've I've run the October half quite a bit, and the weather is either perfect. I mean, it does everything. It's either perfect, it's raining, or it's gross. So we'll see what happens. All right, we are almost there. We have just a few more questions left. These are what I consider my fun questions. So if you've been listening, you might know what's coming. Where is your favorite place to run in Houston? Where's my favorite place? Well, um, I um, would say the, the U of H um, in Sugarland. It's not my favorite because it's scenic or there's something interesting to see there, but I train there. It's my favorite because it has, there's three little bridges that are kind of, there's some incline there. So I like to, so I start off with the bridges and then on the turnaround, I come back. And so I always feel a little bit challenged with, you know, a little bit of tired legs. So I like training there. The the roads are wide and uh, it's something that I'm familiar with. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm not going to have to worry about tripping over things. And so usually that's where we kind of, our our run family kind of meets there and, and does our long run there. Okay. Um, now you mentioned earlier a bucket list of marathons and we know that the marathon majors are on there, but what are some other races that you hope to run one day? London for sure. I just put it, actually London just opened up. Mm-hmm. And so I just put in my, um, my ballot for London, uh, London and Tokyo, of course. And then, Very and cool. Then maybe one day Boston. maybe. <laughs> Here's hoping. I mean, it can happen. Um, if you could run with anyone, living, dead, cartoon, character, doesn't matter, who would be and how far would you go? Oh, yeah. So I had a feeling you were going to ask me this. And I kind of <laughs> thought about it. but So I would pick um, Gordon Ramsay. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, he's a, he's a runner and he's also an Iron Man. Oh, I didn't know yes. that. Yeah, so since uh, being a foodie, I'm I'm like all about food, so I would love to run with him and maybe make a, uh, maybe he can teach me how to make a proper beef Wellington. <laughs> Ooh, oh, I do love a beef Wellington. Um, thinking back to all of the running that you've done since you started, and it doesn't have to be a race. What's your best running memory? I would just say the race that I just did, Berlin. Like I said, it, it's my breakthrough. It, it really showed me that, like, I can um, accomplish it if I put the hard work in, in training for it. Do you have any crazy running stories? Anything weird or, like, crazy ever happened to you while you're out on the run? Well, I just told you about my tooth. Oh, right. <laughs> but, yeah, that was probably the craziest story. And it happened in a big race in New York. And then um, my crown, it fell out again uh, at Marine Corps Mm -hmm. the following year. One more question. 
yes. talked about how you guys started and why you guys started, but why do you keep running? Oh, gosh, there's so many reasons. Um, the, um, of course, you know, running, everybody says, yeah, running is therapy, right? Mental and physical. But um, I, and I am a single mother. I have two kids, they're teenagers. So running, they, they can see what I've accomplished from all the hard work that I put in. And so running, it's just, it makes me, I can relate it to life. You know, anything that you put yourself in mind and heart into, you can accomplish. And so I, I see running as like, it's, it's a challenge that, you know, I can, I can do it. And if people want to follow your running journey on social media, although hot topic, it's down right now while we're recording this. Yeah. Where, where can people find you on the internet when it's actually working? Okay. I'm on Instagram at sweet sticky rice. Perfect. I will. Okay. Perfect. I will tag your Instagram in the show notes and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today, Julie, on your birthday. Happy birthday. I hope you enjoy you. the rest of your day. Thank you so much for having me. And I will come and find you at the Houston half. Yes, absolutely. There. I will see you oh, four weeks to go. We are almost yeah. there. Yes. All right. Thank you. As always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Runners of Hugh. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or however your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.